I don't, I mean, I don't think I know anyone who doesn't either feel like they deeply struggle to forgive others or to feel fully forgiven. Welcome to the Strength and Dignity podcast, where we like to disrupt the Western story with God's biblical narrative. We often discuss difficult, avoided, or controversial topics here with the intention of diving into the scriptures to see what God thinks and says, despite how countercultural it might be. I'm your host, Kelsey Pryor. Welcome to the Storyform Life series of this podcast. For eight episodes, we are going to walk you through the SFL, which is a discovery Bible study designed to increase the level of faith participants have in God's story. These episodes are just mini trailers to give you an idea of the content, but this series is best experienced in a group setting. Check out the description to sign up for the study I'm leading over Zoom. All right, guys, this week on the SFL series of the Strength and Dignity podcast, we are going to be discussing the cross week. So um, if that sounds at all leading, we're going to be talking about the crucifixion and Jesus dying on the cross, what that means. And this is a really, um, I mean, I, I, I feel like I say this each time. This is such a pivotal week. Um, but for the cross, it's really interesting, particularly um, for people who really haven't thought very deeply about Jesus's last words on the cross. That's one thing we talk a lot about in the cross week, but it's also just good in general um, as believers. This is such a big foundation of our faith. It's such a pivotal part of the story. And so this week to discuss the cross, I have Rachel Ryder. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Rachel. Yeah, great to be here. Um, Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, like what your life looks like, what you do, and then we'll jump into discussing the cross. Yeah, so um, I uh, I've been married ten years tomorrow, which is very exciting. Wow, so congratulations! Um, yeah, it's a big milestone, and we have three little kids, ages five, three, and two, who are just precious and my favorite people in the whole world. Um, they're amazing, and I've been on staff at a church called Crossroads for. 13 years, which is crazy. And actually it was my very first month on staff that I was invited to a group called Storyform Life led by your dad. (laughs) So that was how I got connected. Awesome. That's so cool. Um, Yeah. Crossroads has used the Storyform Life a lot over the years. And so that's been really cool. Um, So why don't you talk a little bit about maybe one time or multiple, if you can think of them, um, when either you facilitated or participated, that was really impactful, either watching someone else, like have this aha epiphany moment or having it yourself. Um, does a particular story pop into your mind? Yeah, gosh, it's, it's a little hard to even choose one. Um, I can start with you know, just my personal experience. The first time I went through, I was, I was new on staff. I was 21 or 22 maybe. And I just finished Bible college. So I looked at the content of this study, flipped through the guide and I'm like, it's just Bible verses. Like, I just have a Bible degree. Like, of course I'm going to, is this necessary? Like, do I need to do this? But it's so much time. And I was stunned. I remember I'm a pretty chatty person. I, I talk a lot. And I remember almost being speechless every single session of story from life. Mm -hmm. I was just sitting there hearing the Bible. I'm also, I mean, I'm a pastor's kid. I've memorized the Bible. I I felt like I knew it. And then I went through story from life and it just felt like 
everything both exploded and came together all at once. It was wow, super impactful. And so I just started going through it, went through it again and then started leading it. And so I've been facilitating probably two a year for the last two or three a year for the last 10 years or so. Um, and I mean, the stories are all across the board. I remember, um, you know, one particular story. I mean, there's times where people who just had never even known God, never understood anything, but they just came to Crossroads and wanted a first step. Um, what a beautiful foundation it laid. Like it just opened up the Bible and made this really complicated book, a story they could understand. Um, one guy in particular, I remember I, I kicked it off. I was young, you know, I was maybe 23, 24. And there was this 40, 50 year old guy in the, in the group. And he was very skeptical of the group, very skeptical of being led by me. Um, and I remember being halfway through the first group and he was just picking at everything and asking a million questions. And then by the time we got to the cross week, he asked me to baptize him. <laughs> and it was oh just amazing. He ended up getting me a Bible with my name inscribed in it um, and, a, and a message about story from life and just how much oh. it meant to him. And oh, that's just one of like, a million stories. It's, it's amazing. Wow. That's so cool. I love hearing that. Um, I just think the epiphanies people can have just by reading scripture is so underrated. <laughs> like you don't oftentimes need a fancy sermon to have like a really deep, a much deeper understanding of Jesus and the word of God in general. And so that's one thing I love when I'm, whenever I'm pitching SFL, I'm like, it's just scripture. It's not like a curriculum or anything like that. It's just the Bible. And we just get to talk about it. And that's can be powerful in and of themselves. I think I've said this in a couple other interviews as well, but when people have their own aha moment without like having like a teacher give it to them, I think it can be a lot more life changing. And that's why one reason that SFL takes people off guard is because they're like, I've heard this before, but I'm just now getting it. So yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, I thought to kick off our discussion on the cross, I would read kind of a combination of verses uh, through multiple gospels. Um, talking about the last words of Christ, one thing we talk about in the cross week is how um, it, throughout the gospels in the crucifixion, we don't really talk, they don't really talk as much about the physical pain um, Jesus was in on the cross. It was more just like, they just say he was crucified. Um, but it talks a lot about what Jesus says on the cross, um, which is a big indicator of like the prophecy that's being fulfilled, the point of like the climax of the story. Um, it's all kind of wrapped up in these last words of Jesus. So we're not going to get to all of them, obviously, in these 15 minutes. That is what the actual cross week of SFL is for. But because it's such a pivotal passage, I wanted to read this and then um, we can just discuss some of the things that um, are important to you about the cross week. So these are verses from Luke, Matthew, and John. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Ali, Ali, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? or forsaken me in some translations. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. He said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. So um, 
Rachel, in your discussions about the cross, what are some things about Jesus's last words or these like um, key moments in his last days that really stand out to you? Yeah, well, I love that this is the one you picked. I mean, there's so, the whole week is great, but this one in particular, it probably does sum up a big, big reason why Story From Life and, you know, reading the Bible this way is so meaningful to me because, like I said, I grew up in the church, but I grew up in a rules-based church. And as much as it was about Jesus and about the right thing, somehow I never understood this. Like the God I grew up with was one where you had to do everything right and you had to be good enough. And I knew of grace, of course, but it was like the grace that technically I would go to heaven and not hell. You know, it wasn't the all day, everyday grace, and it wasn't what is captured in these lines. Um, you know, that, that Jesus actually finished everything that he took it on himself, that we don't have to keep striving, that we don't have to be perfect, that we don't have to get anything right, that we, um, that things like everything from perfectionism to addiction to all kinds of suffering can be finished when we believe that I never got um, and that. Um, yeah. I mean, I would have to say just wildly changes me every day, any moment I ever truly consider it, but it's something that that somehow I grew up in the church and never knew. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That can, the things that get like lost in translation, um, in, in churches and sometimes, um, maybe it's like a lack of discipleship. That's one of the SFL. I always, it's such a great discipleship tool. Whenever I'm trying to describe like what it is, I'm like, it's not quite a Bible study. It's not Mm -hmm. quite, it's like, you know, it doesn't, there's not like a very good word for like, the impact that it could have, but I definitely think a discipleship tool is a good way to describe it because it really takes you through all these things that you feel like you probably know. And you, no matter how much you do know, you're always able to go a layer deeper. Um, and in the, in the cross week, the it is finished line is so key. Mm-hmm. Having all the work finished here on the podcast, I did a whole six or seven episode series on the Sabbath and talking about like why and how, like why we would do, why we would keep a Sabbath, how you would keep a Sabbath. Like, what does that mean for people who aren't Jewish and all that kind of stuff? I did this whole series on it. And one of the biggest things is like the work is already finished. Jesus already did. This is how we remember that the work on the cross was already done for us. And we just have to accept it as a gift. We can't really do anything about it. Like we don't really deserve it. And we just need to accept that this is a gift that he decided to give us. Um, through a weekly, through a re- weekly rhythm. So it's, it's very important to keep going back to these, to these verses. Even communion is like, every time you're together, this is what I want you to remember. Um, and we can often lose sight of that. So. Yeah. Well, and I think it's such a missing, like heartbreakingly, heartbreakingly missing message in culture. I mean, everyone you talk to, is just so burdened and it's just so mm-hmm. stressed and it's just trying so hard and is um, feels behind or feels um, not good enough or feels something that um, they weren't meant to feel, you know, like Jesus yeah. already, he has the power to take that away if we can learn to believe even just these three little words. Yeah. Yeah. And also the forgiveness piece as well. The father forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. That part always gives me shivers because I'm just like, what? a sentence (laughs) like it can just be summed up 
like all of humanity, it's like, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) And Jesus wants us to be forgiven anyways, even when we're nailing him to the cross. And so this is also the week that the topic of forgiveness is really wrestled with. So it's not just like how Jesus died. The cross, the the phrase the cross might sound like that, like, oh, let's talk about how Jesus died, but it's really why. And um, wrestling with like forgiveness. And this one doesn't, this passage, I didn't read it here, but also talking about when the curtain is torn in the temple. Um, and so we're wrestling with the work being done with us being forgiven and with this new, like this lack of separation between us and the father, like that is new, brand new at this moment, that curtain gets torn and it's like, oh my gosh, this is different. This is like the garden. This is like, do I get to walk with God every day? Like this is crazy. And so having these like super huge moments all happen within like you know, a few verses of each other is so wild and it takes like three hours to unpack sometimes. So yeah, it can, it's really crazy. Have you ever had like when you're, um, leading, what are some like things that usually stir up in conversation around the topic of forgiveness? Man, I mean, forgiveness is such I don't, I mean, I don't think I know anyone who doesn't either feel like they deeply struggle to forgive others or to feel fully forgiven. Like the concept yeah. both ways is just, um, I mean, it, it can wreck you personally. I historically deeply suffered with unforgiveness. Like it was very hard for me to stay in relationship with people after they'd hurt me. Like I would say, I forgive them, but, but I never want to talk to you again and don't ever come near me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah. like you need distance because I don't trust you and you're unsafe. And, um, but I forgive you, you know, <laughs> but I didn't understand why there was still this bitterness and this fear that accompanied those people in my life. And I think, you know, unforgiveness is such a, um, it traps us so deeply and it's just this weight that we carry around. Uh, and on the state, on the other side, feeling forgiven, like actually forgiving ourselves, you know, I would say perfectionism is something else that I struggle mm-hmm. with, uh, or definitely did a lot more before. And, um, that's something that forgiveness just breaks. Like the more we understand, like the, the level to which God has forgiven us and the level to which he pursues us. Um, it just, it can break all of those things. It can break the fear. It can break the bitterness. It can break so many things that just hold us yeah. down and keep us from being the person that we were meant to be and the person that God sees us as. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's so funny to say like how much the cross is the answer to everything, but the cross yeah. is the answer to everything. If we really understand what happens there and what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a life-changing epiphany to have around either like how much I have been forgiven and so I should forgive others or how much I have been forgiven. <laughs> like Those two things are just so, for me too, that's just on both sides of the spectrum, I feel like I'm constantly like there's one of them that I'm constantly struggling with, like either like understanding it's like I don't really deserve to be forgiven, but I was because he loves me, he chose to do it anyway. But also like, because of the extent of that forgiveness, there should never be anyone that I don't forgive. And that can be such an extreme, like in today's world, that is such an extreme to say that like, forgiveness is always the right choice. Um, And that is definitely something worth like wrestling with for a while, like, you know, for like either in the SFL week and and later or throughout your whole life, maybe. So, um, 
it's definitely a part of following Jesus that is so key, I think, to how we live. So, Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know you got to get going, but is there anything else you wanted to say about SFL or the cross or anything like that? Um, no, I mean, my shameless plug is just to try it because every <laughs> single week is so healing and eye-opening and um, just totally life-changing. So yeah. thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Strength and Dignity podcast. Make sure you check out the links below to sign up for my Zoom SFL study and my other podcast series on Proverbs 31, Sabbath rest, biblical festivals, and more.